This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Gunatal. Back again with you guys for another episode of our preview series, looking ahead to Arsenal's next fixture, which quite is... Oh, that's the wrong order of words. You can tell it's been a long day, which is quite a big one. There we go. Practicing English my entire life and I'm still getting it wrong. Uh, Arsenal against Chelsea on Sunday at Stamford Bridge, a place where historically Arsenal haven't always had the best of luck, but recent history certainly has favoured Arsenal significantly more than what we might expect. And ironically, we didn't go into any of those games as the favourite, yet we go into Sunday's game very much so as the favourite for this one. In fact, Arsenal can take a 13-point lead over Chelsea at the start of November if they manage to get another win, which would be their third successive victory at Stamford Bridge. It's a massive opportunity for Arsenal. We're going to talk all about that and more with the help of some fantastic guests. But please do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you're new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show. Let's introduce to you my guest for the evening. King, how you doing, mate? You good, Joel? Yeah, I'm great. I'm great. I'm really looking forward to the game. And after the adverts with BT and Aubameyang, we just have to smash Chelsea now. We just have mm. to smash them. We absolutely do. Yeah, fingers crossed uh, we can get a really good result against them. And we're going to talk about the uh, all the facets of that to come in a second. We're also joined by Chris. Chris, how are you doing? You all right, mate? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, got over last night, got home really late. Not as bad as you, but um, hmm. yep, and good lie-in this morning and then all prepped up for tomorrow, uh, sorry, Sunday. So yeah, it should be good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 12A in the chat box. First time listener here. Just finished the Europa League podcast episode on Spotify. And it turns out it's already 6pm and time for a live show. Welcome to the TGT family. I've seen a few people leaving comments saying they've just tuned into the channel for the first time. Welcome, everybody. So glad that you're joining us. And uh, you've definitely chosen the right place uh, for a nice community feel about Arsenal. And making up our panel of three guests, we've also got Alex. How are you doing, Alex? You good, Joel? I'm doing well, thank you. Yeah. How are you guys all doing? Other than phone chaos, you're fine now, though, yes? 
Uh, yeah, a little bit of phone chaos, but um, that's what happens when you've got half an hour for the podcast and you decide to set up a new phone. So. Yeah, no, no, I've been there. I've done the whole, the classic for me is um, I'm thinking, oh, my computer's not running as fast as I want it to. I'm going to just quickly restart it. And then it says, we're going to update your laptop and it's going to be 7.3 hours until you get it back. So that, that's sometimes what has happened to me in the past. But uh, thankfully, we're all here and we're all ready to talk about Arsenal against Chelsea. Uh, let's start with you, King. On a scale of 1 to 10, how confident are you and how comparative is that to previous times for you heading to Stamford Bridge? Um, I would say 7 out of 10. Uh, because I'm confident, you know, we are in good form. We are playing fantastic football. We're scoring a lot of goals. And this season, we've been better away from home, actually. So I'm confident, but I'm wary that it is a derby. It's a big game. <clears throat> Chelsea are going to want to bounce back after losing to 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 Brighton 4-1. But I would say 7 out of 10. Mm. Yeah. Is that is that the most confident you've been about going to Chelsea for quite a while? Oh yes, I, I probably since uh, mid two uh, thousands because mm. we had a terrific record there just a few years ago. It wasn't, I think, until Antonio Conte joined them that we started to win there again after that famous five two win when I think Van Persie scored a hat trick. Yeah, that was that was twenty. I want to say thirteen that that might have been. Um, it may have been slightly before that. Um, it was twenty twelve thirteen potentially. I remember because it's the day I went to the Emirates Stadium for the first time, which might tell people how young I unfortunately am in comparison to others. But uh, I didn't get to, to Arsenal until I was around eighteen years of age, uh, just because of you know ticket prices really priced me out as as a young guy going to games. How things have changed so dramatically <laughs> since then. Um, but yeah, it was uh, a crazy game that. 5-3, I think it was. Andre Santos scored in that game. Um, rather hilariously. Van Persie with a hat-trick. And there was one other goal from... Was No, I think it was... Uh, what? No, it was Walcott. Yes, it was. Because he fell over, got up, and then ran through and scored. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. it was Jovino, but he set up Van Persie, I think, for one of the goals. It was like one of those classic FIFA-style goals where you just pass it across uh, the pathway and get an open net for Van Persie. So, yeah. Um, and I think it was Juan Mata, John Terry scored. I think Lampard scored as well. Um, so, yeah, all the scorers from a 2013 game. That's knowledge, if you've ever heard one. Um, Chris shaking his head there. <laughs> total, total Nick Hornby, that, I can tell you. <laughs> How are you feeling ahead of this one? Mate? Uh, nervous. It's a London derby. I don't. I mean, I get why everybody's going, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. But actually, for them, this is a really important game. You know, the guys are playing for for Potter now because and their, and their future's there. So I am not as confident. I did do my research. I've just spent um, uh, half an hour or so on the line with my mate of mine, Vimal, who's a Chelsea fan who just thinks his defence is rubbish and we're going to go ramp. We're going to be rampant. I can't see that happening. You know, the two London derbies that have that have happened at Stamford Bridge have been, uh, or, or the yeah, the two London no the. And they drew they drew two all with Man United and one all with Chelsea. No, one all two, with two, Man United. Yeah, yeah, and two two with Tottenham. Tough games, right? Both of them. So I don't mm. I think if we go there anything expecting a fight, I think then we'll, you know, we'll be set up wrong. I think we'll go for a fight, get ready for it, roll up our sleeves. And Abamyang, thank you very much. I think you did a really good job at winding everybody up, and I'm really pleased. 
Mm, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that when seeing like Aubameyang, the narrative with that, Alex, you know, how much do you think that's going to play into this game? Do you think it's going to be a factor at all? Or are we just going to go there and play what we play? Um, I think it's always useful when players feel the need to speak before a game about the game. Like, I think, obviously, I I'm not saying we haven't done it because mm. I'm sure we have in the past, but I think any extra motivation is good for us and it's good for everybody else. So, I, but I don't think we'll play any differently. I mean, you know, I think we've all, maybe not so much recently, actually, but obviously in this run of form, we've had, we've had games where we're really on the pressing, really, like, going full throttle. Um, mm. Whereas, obviously, more recently, I think we've sat off maybe a little bit too much at times um i'm not slating anybody in any way I, I think it's just the way it's been is the games have been a bit slower and you know maybe people are getting a little bit leggy mm. um but i think the most important thing is that we show up and show the same mentality that we've showed um for example in the Nottingham forest game like I, I know it's a different opponent but never assume that a game is dead you know we have, yeah. I think that's one of the big criticisms we've had in the past is that we've not been able to kill off games and it's come back to bite us, which I don't think has been as big an issue now because we have a lot more sort of clarity and positioning and clarity in the way that mm. we, we play. Um, but defensively, I think we'll need to be up for it. Um, and obviously an attack, Chelsea haven't got the greatest defensive record, but it, it's a derby. You know, everyone's got a little bit of added... You know, I'm sure Aubameyang will be well up mm. for it as well. So, um, yeah, yeah, you know, prove people wrong. So there's 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 both sides to it. There is. Um... Yeah, it's an interesting point about putting teams away. I think in some cases we have done that. You know, Nottingham Forest in particular were were a key one. But I mean, you could argue, you know, last night against Zurich we weren't able to do that. Southampton it cost us a bit because we didn't put them away when we had the chances. Leeds, you know, we went, we, we won 1-0 again, but we're unable to get that second goal because we were really pinned in. That was more a defensive display. But there are other games this season where we have managed to, to you know, score against sides and, and take the game away from them. And, and that's been really important for us. So hopefully that's what we see against Chelsea if we are able to take a lead. And uh, King, I've just noticed that, have you turned one of your spare sofa cushions into that jumper? Because you look like you're blending <laughs> into it. <laughs> I know it looks like it, doesn't it? It's, it's camouflaging uh, it, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what, what happened is that my 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 laptop is not working, so I'm I'm streaming on the phone, and it's just it looks like it's blending. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. Um, I, we we just talked there with Alex about you know starting fast. Is that is that the necessity in every game for you now? Because I think we've seen you know we saw it against Southampton, we saw it against. Um, uh, Liverpool as well. We scored early and Forest as well last weekend. Scoring early goals. Is this the minimum expectation for when Arsenal start every game and you expecting that again on Sunday? I think it's good to score early because it gives you the extra confidence. And I do think that previously, especially last season, we were a team that were good in the second half but not so much in the first half. But when you take the game to the opponent and you score early, it gives you that extra confidence and the way we want to play, which is quite, you know, brave passing, breaking lines. Mm. A goal is, is important for the team to feel confident. So I do think that it's important, but I also understand that in certain games, 
it, it won't happen because you can't score early in, in every game. In some, in some games, you just have to manage it, especially in, in, in derbies away from home. I think even if we don't score early, don't concede early, manage it, and then we, when we get the opportunity, then you score. Yeah, I think that what's so key is the combining of the two points we just made there. Initially, the fast start, but what Alex said a second ago as well, that, you know, absolutely making sure upon the lead that you get when you get it in games. Uh, Mike in the chat says, guys, I've noticed this season that we've often benefited from opponents losing critical players through injury when we've played them. Spurs with Kulisevsky and now Chelsea with James and Chilwell. I mean, Chris, is this luck playing any part into this? But I mean, we're not going to say no to it. You know, Chelsea are going to be without some key players tomorrow or rather on Sunday. And that is going to be a big bonus for us, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But look, they're not a rubbish team. You know, let's be honest. They're not bringing it. They're not, you know, their bench is strong. I think, you know, you can argue that all teams go through, you know, uh, injuries and you can say, oh, we haven't got Smith Rowe or we haven't got this or, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, no, I don't think so. I think you know, Chelsea are a, a team in transition, a bit like just after Arteta arrived. Right. And then that first season we went on to win the FA Cup. And they're very much, they don't really know what team, what, how he wants them to play, right? They're all there playing for their for their careers at Chelsea, which may or may not be the right thing to do. And you've got a new owner that's clearly got ambition, but mm. also, you know, he's just tried to buy a, a, an NFL team in America um, for another six billion or something. So clearly he was trying to become KSC like too. too much money. <laughs> <laughs> like too much money in this world. Yeah, you know, and if, he, if he's looking at them, he's not looking at Chelsea. So I think, I think, you know, if, if they were, if if we're talking about Burnley three or four years ago, then yes, I think that's probably right. Their best players get injured. There's a problem. Mm. The players coming in are all good. They're all quite, you know, and even you know. So no, I don't think it matters. I think teams have to manage that, and we have to. We just, you know. I think everybody, you know, there've been years people have looked at us and gone, "Oh, so and so is injured. Fabregas isn't playing. Oh my God, we're going to beat them ten nil." You know, mm. it's <laughs> life's not like that. I remember famously when we went to Old Trafford and they had a severely depleted team, and it was the game which basically lit Marcus Rashford's career. Uh, and they, I think, they won two nil in the end, and Rashford got on the score sheet. So you can't always just hope that uh, a depleted opponent is going to hand you a win. You need to be alert and you need to be in a, in a position where you can take advantage, yes, but know that if they had their full-strength team, that you'd still win because you had the quality to do it and the performance to do it on the day, which is, I think, the priority with this. Lastly, then, before we go to the lineups, Alex, just kind of on those key areas where they will be lacking players. You know, James at right-back means that Azpilicueta will most likely play there, but it's difficult to predict because Graham Potter's been kind of changing around with both a back three and a back four. So... Is that in itself an advantage to Arsenal or is it a disadvantage not knowing what they might do? Um, I think we have an advantage if they play five at the back, um, personally, because mm. we play quite similar to Man City in the sense that we often have six in the front line, if that makes sense to people. Like, you often have... Um, well... It's hard, to, it's hard to explain, but at various points during attack and play, we'll have six in the front line. So mm. literally in a line. And if we can get, even having five, it puts them man for man. And we always have five um, having, and that pins 
their wing-backs back and it, we've done it against various teams and I'm not going to pretend to remember exactly which games they are but I've just noticed it whilst watching games um, I think that's really important is that we don't let ourselves get pinned back because that's where we'll struggle I think Chelsea will come out offensively as they're under Potter I think Potter is a really good manager and regardless mm. of results I don't think we should take it lightly in any way um i think in those particular areas obviously that's where some of our biggest strengths lie so you could obviously not like um like ct said um it's not going to be easy like the players who come in will be very capable but at the same time you know not having reese james you could argue is definitely a big thing for them judging by the form of him recently Mm. Um, and what he can bring in terms of an attacking threat as well. So I think in that sense, um, it can be a positive. But then again, we've also had Tomiyasu, who maybe isn't going to play. So that's an injury that I would definitely have rather avoided coming up with this game. Um, Because I think, you know, you get forced to play players maybe when you don't necessarily want to or they're not quite ready for the full 90 or the full 70 or whatever they might get. Um, so I think it'll be interesting, but you'll see in the lineups. <laughs> yeah, speaking of which, let's let's jump to those. Um, King, we start with you. Uh, talk us through the team as you've picked it and your reasons as to why. Yeah, I think uh, uh, the back, four of the back five of our soul, you know, you've got Ben White, who's for me been one of the best right backs in the league this season. I think he reminds me a lot of Lauren, where he's so solid in the one-on-one. But I think he's also a good passer on the ball, and he's now also started to overlap. It's been fantastic that way. Mm. Then got Saliba, Gabriel Ramsdale. And then it's Tierney. You know, Tierney's been the one that a lot of fans have been talking about. For me, I've always said that we want options, so and we want good options. No disrespect, but... Last season, it was Tierney or Nuno Tavares. And that was an issue because the mm. co- quality from Tierney to Nuno, it, the gap was too big. But this season, it could be Tierney, it could be Tomiyasu, it could be Sinchenko, and it's fantastic. And I think last night, Tierney, for me, he was man of the match, not just because of the goal, but the way he was playing, the way he was going forward, some of the passes into the box, but also his one-on-one defending. So, for me, he, he starts. And I think the midfield speaks for itself. I think the reason why we've been so good this season is because of that midfield. The way mm. Granit Chaka bumps forward and, and helps in the attack, the way Odegaard detects his game, the way Thomas Part has just been like an octopus and he just runs things. And I, I, I've said it before, I think Thomas Partey is a world-class player. I, mm. I think he gets way too much disrespect. And, and then the attack... You know, uh, Saka, Jesus, Martinelli. This is where I think we are going to hurt Chelsea a lot. I think the fact that we gain and Ben Chilwell is out, we are going to exploit that. I think Aspicueta, if he plays right back, is going to struggle with Martinelli's pace. I think if Pulisic plays right back, he's not good at defending. Again, they're going to struggle. And that's why Martinelli, for me, He's my star man. Uh, we saw the way he played against Forest. He scored a fantastic header. 
I think this has been his best season so far for Arsenal. He's been more consistent in games. He's had more big moments in games and he's a problem. You don't know if he's going to go on the outside or on mm. the inside. And I think that's something that's developed so much this season and it's just fantastic. And and Jesus, I know a lot of pundits are criticising him and saying he's not scoring enough goals. But this is Arsenal FC. We've scored 30 goals in 12 games. Last season, we scored 61 goals in 38 games. We are mm. averaging two and a half goals per game. So that's an average of 95 goals throughout the full season. So if the team... Stats bombs from goals, King today. Loving that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I think you have to take things in, into context. If we as yeah. a team are creating more chances, scoring more goals, do we really have an issue? I mean, we've seen it before with Benzema when he had uh, Bale and Di Maria he was, and Ronaldo. He wasn't scoring a lot as a number nine, but the team was scoring a lot. We've seen it with Firmino. He didn't score a lot, but Mane, Salah, Robertson, Trent, all of these players were scoring a lot. So, And we're seeing it now with Arsenal. Mm, absolutely. Um, now, there was a comment in the chat box from... Uh, where is it? It's a comment from Greg. Uh, I'm trying to find where it was. I'm pretty sure it was was Greg's comment, but basically it said something along the lines of, uh, "Yes, here it is. I like King's lineup. Probably everyone's lineup." Now it's funny <laughs> you should say that, Greg, um, because spoiler alert: myself, King, Chris, and Alex have all chosen the same lineup. And even more ironically, uh, <laughs> you know, Chris and Alex have also picked Gabriel Martinelli as their five-star player. Um, so for those listening on audio, there's no spoilers regarding everyone else's lineups. It's exactly the same. Just to run through that again, Ramsdale, White, Saliba, Gabriel, Tini, Partey, Xhaka, Odegaard, Saka, Martinelli, Jesus. And so uh, with the main talking points of the whole 11 covered there by King, Chris, what I want to kind of talk to you more about is this Tierney section of, of kind of the discussion because Zinchenko returned to the squads on Thursday night. I've already seen a comment, I think, from Dan in the chat who says he would even start Zinchenko in this game. For me, I think that would be a bit, little bit too quick, you know, to come back into things. And I think I would edge him back in in the Brighton game in the Carabao Cup in midweek before then potentially playing him, How depending on how good Tierney was in this game against Wolves. But what kind of does Tierney need to do for you now to nail back down that spot? And with Zinchenko returning to full fitness, is that even possible with how Arteta views that position? I think he's in for a challenge. And I think this is good. We're going to see the real Tesco Tierney turn up, you know, in terms of hmm. how he fits into this thing. It's, in, it's interesting because he, he was playing the other day and um, I can't remember which game it was. It was obviously the Emirates, sorry. Because yeah. um, I'm, I'm old and I can't remember what I did yesterday, let alone the week ago. <laughs> right? but, but his movement was changed from last year. So last year he was very much around. Let's get around the outside. Let's push down. It's all you know. You know, I, I lose a lot channeling through that side. And but this year when he's come on, he's played more like Zinchenko. He's he's almost positionally starting to move towards the mid rather than the outside. And mm. I think that allows you know I, the, some of that's Jacka playing further forward is filling in that space. So he's filling in a different space. And there was a one point, I think Gabriel gave him a earful because he was in the wrong place or something, but the guy's just coming back. Come on. So I I like the guts and the determination of Tierney. And I think providing he keeps that and he listens to what Arteta tells him to do, then I think he's got a good future. 
But I'm going to counter that because obviously, on the other hand, mm-hmm. if, if Real Madrid want to pay 50 million for him, I'll pay his plane ticket. And I love him, <laughs> right? Yeah, I like him, right? I think yeah. he's a great player and I love the way he plays for us. And I love that blood and guts and glory. And that's why I think he'll do, I think it's why he'll do well tomorrow. You know, Zinchenko's just not ready yet. You know, it's just, you know, he need, you can't come into a game with this intensity and expect it to work. It's just not fair on him. So for me, for me, I think Tinny's got a fight, yeah. But also I think Zinchenko's got, he's got opportunities outside of that position. And I yeah. think as he settles in and as we grow as a team, he gets to grow too. And I don't necessarily see that being bad for Kieran. Yeah, I think that there's there's something to be said about Zinchenko's injuries over this Europa League group stage period is a frustration because I think that we could have seen Xhaka rotated more with Zinchenko playing in midfield. I think that's something that we could have potentially seen. Or even, you know, Zinchenko playing where Partey plays and putting Lukonga slightly further out. I think either are certainly feasible options. There's always kind of this, I think, stereotype that a number six has to be this massive bruiser a player that just covers the back four I don't think they need to be anymore I think Angola Kante certainly rubbish that myth when he first came into the Premier League and has gradually moved slightly further forward in midfield with Chelsea and I think that certainly you're going to start to see that with more players sitting in that deeper midfield role not necessarily being the biggest of players but certainly more mobile and able to get back and not only spread the play with great passes but also be physical in in more of a, a, a tenacious sense I think a little bit of the Torreira but on a much higher level if you like part though has got the physicality to his game which makes him great and and we've got such a great player in that position but Zinchenko I I have interest in seeing him play in a deeper midfield role if we wanted to use Tierney and Zinchenko in the same team and go through some rotation if we need to so it's an option that we definitely have um and Alex of course has also chosen uh the same team as well as we would expect Uh, I do want to focus more specifically here on the front line now we have talked a little bit about Jesus and his lack of goals it's been eight or nine games since he last scored Martinelli's found form Saka's back it's great to see those guys playing together do you think this is the best front three Arsenal have had since the Invincibles oh um and I know it wasn't a front three when we had the Invincibles, but forward line, if you like. Can, can I just say, I'm glad you asked Alex that question, not me. Um, <laughs> yes. In in short, yes, I think yeah. it is. I think in, individually, maybe not, but as a three, yes. I, th- I, th- I think they've got the potential to be mm. the best individually as well, but I don't think, you know, people like, and, you know, people might hate it for this, but Van Persie, for instance, I think Van Persie is a better striker than Gabriel Jesus individually. Yeah, but as a front three... I reluctantly free, agree with you there, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so I've just seen Dan, Dan comment course, about Dan, Marouane Dan, Ignore Dan. Dan. Dan's doing what Dan does. <laughs> um, um, yeah, uh, I, I think yes. I think Martinelli... Um, you know, never would have bought it when he arrived for, I think, six million. That's how I remember it, but that might be wrong. Um, but never would have imagined it. Um, Bakayo Saka, obviously having someone of his level of sort of dribbling balance, what he brings to it in that, in those terms. And 
the ability now that he's developed a lot more. I think you can see it this season to sort of go both ways as well. He doesn't always cut inside as he did a little bit more. He now comes out onto his right foot and isn't afraid to cross it in. And that just creates more confusion. Uh, Martinelli is infectious. And I think Jesus brings that same sort of energy that Martinelli has. But now it's not all reliant as we were at times, I think, on Martinelli to press, 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 press. Like, mm. I think as a team, we're a lot more structured in the way we approach it. Um, I noticed that I've seemed to have gone away from the point about the front line there, but um, uh, political. Um, and then I did want to say something about Kieran Tierney very briefly. Yeah, go for it, mate. Um, which is, I think, in football, especially at that level, you have to use what players are good at. And I think what Zinchenko offers is something very different to what Tierney offers. And I don't think we should say, let's try and fit him into this club of being like Zinchenko, because what mm -hmm. Tierney's good at isn't the same as what he's good at. And he's very good at, you know, I think one-on-one -on -one attacking, crossing balls in, getting forward is something that Tierney is very good at. Whereas Sinchenko obviously has his range of passing. He has that rotational ability. He has that awareness that maybe Kirantini doesn't have. And I think tactically, um, as much as I agree with Chris to, in a sense of, you know, if they're coming off of 50 million, I'm probably also sold. But at the same time, mm -hmm. I don't think we should rule out the fact that at some point we might need to change the way we play or Sinchenko might get injured and we need some need him to come out and play he can improve in little ways in positional senses but he's never going to become a different player in that yeah. sense of becoming likes in Jenko. so i think we should maybe not compare the two as much and try and appreciate that we've got two full wing backs who are very good at two very different things um and you can look yeah. at it as two, two weapons rather than you know comparing them i think the same thing may happen long term with fabio Vieira and erdegaard is trying to compare Vieira to Erdegaard because they're both left-footed and they both play in a similar position. I don't think yeah. we should try and do that. I don't think they're the same player either. Um, yeah, I think there are differences um, certainly between... I think there's more established differences between the left-back options we have than, say, yeah. Vieira and Erdegaard. I think there's more similarities between those two and the left-back. But I think you're right. I think that Vieira is a different style of, of attacking midfielder, if you like, than, than Erdegaard is. Um, but I think that we gain benefits from both. I think that, you know, when, we, when we've done... The irony about doing these lineups, and I'll throw mine up on the screen now as well, you know, we've all picked the same team. Um, we said it's a no-brainer that this is the team that we should pick. Now, that's great, but there is also a point I think that's worth discussing about, is that great? Because, you know, should we want to be in a position where we're arguing a bit about whether Martinelli or another left-winger should start, whether it be that like a Mikhailo Mudrik or something if we were to bring them in? Should we be arguing about whether Granite Xhaka or a midfielder that we sign starts? You know, I think that's the next level for Arsenal's squad structure is that, yes, we've got this established first team and that's great, but I do want to be in a position where we are starting to have arguments. If you think of from a Liverpool perspective, when they had Mane and Jota and Diaz and Salah and Firmino, you know, there was arguments between who should start in that forward line. And I want to have, be in a position where we're doing those arguments as well. You look at the Man City team, if you're a fantasy football player, it's a nightmare trying to pick Man City players because you don't know who Pep's going to pick other than Erling Haaland, of course. 
it can be a real tricky one. King will know that more than most, of course, with his yeah. fantasy football show. That's where I want to be as an Arsenal fan. I want to be in a place where it's difficult to predict what lineup we go with when everyone's fit, because I want it to be a place where, you know, competition is rife throughout the squad. I think that's important. Um, Sorry, King, with... can I jump? Can I jump in? Sorry. Right. Yeah, yeah, Kushka. We are so running above ahead of ourselves, right? We haven't bedded in this team yet. We're on this journey, <laughs> right? Like they're still learning to play with each other, right? And we're talking about changing it. Come on, the benefit of this is stability. And for years we've been moaning about stability, and now we're saying we got stability. Well, would we want something different? Well, it's well, like, do you? I'm not saying I want something different, Chris. But what I'm saying yeah. is, in the January window, when we go and sign someone, the person we sign, it can't be someone that's. And you know, I've said this a number of times before. It can't be a backup. It has to be a competitor. And so if you naturally but, sign a competitor, surely you're bringing someone in that could but, take the place of someone in the squad. But that's Darwin Chris. evolution. Sorry, yeah, sorry. Yeah, that's okay. Darwin but, evolution. But, but in football, two things can be right. So, yes, we had Liverpool of last season, but we also had a time when Liverpool had Mane, Salah and Firmino starting most games. And they had Dini Rinaldo, Milner and, and, and Fabinho and Robertson and Trent and... I think it was Matip and uh, and and Van Dyke. Mm. You kind of almost knew nine out of the eleven who was going to sure. start. Yeah. So two things can be true in football. Yes, the ambition should be to have more competition in the squad, but also where we are now can also be a way of getting into success as well. I think, as you said, Tom, the next stage is really to to get one or two, three players who who can challenge. But also, this could even with them challenging, this could still be the majority of the starting eleven going two, three years ahead. Yeah, Chris, did you want to add anything else extra onto that? No, I, look, look, I think you know we're in a great place here. We're on the journey. It's Darwinism, right? I don't want to see an evolution. I don't want to see us buy Harland and, and put Jesus on the bench, right? What? Sorry, that's it's not good really? enough for my team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he's about the only person on the planet that, that has that revolutionary change. Everything yeah. else, we're, we're on a really good um, trajectory. We've got a clear idea of what we're doing. Everybody in the team knows what they're doing. Right. Sometimes it's not going to work. It's not going to be 100 percent. But actually, that stability and that clarity, right, I think for us is brilliant because it's what's going to take us to the next level and getting there and the evolution to get there. Right. Will come, as you say, we're bringing on extra players. But I'm getting a little bit bored with, oh, who are we going to buy in January and how are we going to make that? Because reality is... It's because I do right? a show on it every day, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and, I, and I watch it, so what can I say? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's like, you know, it's like, come on, guys. Right? Like, we need to embed what we've got, exploit what we have. If we can bring someone in January, you know, I, I'm super clean when we bring someone in to push, right? Not to deviate us, so there's no good buying a, you know, uh, I, you see this about a second striker that's five foot, no, sorry, ten foot six tall. Mm. No, that's that's going to deviate us away from our evolution. So providing, and I don't think I don't think Edu and Arteta would do that anyway. I don't think mm. I don't think that's going to happen. And I think it's great, brilliant. You know, it's we've got some real understanding, some stability, some understanding about how we play with each other. We've still got a lot to learn. This team's still learning to play with each other. Let's not just let's not run too fast. Let's you yeah, know, let's yeah. put a decent pace in. 
I, in fair, I'm not. I'm not suggesting that we change like five or six players. You know, I'm, <laughs> I am only suggesting that say the the striking position, a midfield position. You know, I think that if Jesus was to say get injured for a long period of time, Eddie Nketiah is not the guy. You know, he's he's just not. Like I like him. I think that it, I think he's been unlucky that he's not been given the opportunity to play. You know, every week in the best Arsenal team possible because I think at the end of last season he showed he, he can to a level do it. I don't think he can do it to the level that we need. But I think that that's that's a position that I think if we were to lose Jesus would be in a bit of trouble. I think that in midfield as well, you look at the Partey competitor. If we're missing Partey for whatever reason and he's out because of fitness, because of uh, issues of injury, then who do we have that can come in and provide us with what Partey brings? And that's a big question because Lokonga didn't do that at Man United. And the obvious trend after the Old Trafford game was if we had Partey, we would have beaten Man United. That was the line that came out of that game. So that's kind of more what I'm I'm saying. Oh, Alex, I don't know. do you want to come in on this? I can hear a big buzzing though from your end of things for some reason. It's gone oh, now. Really? Yeah, you're oh, fine now. Oh, sorry. Um, no, well, I, that wasn't the reason why there was a buzzing sound, but I, I, I was just going to sort of both agree and disagree in a number of ways. I, I, th- I think signing players, I think the main thing that we've changed is the the mentality and mm. how they're willing to push each other. Like Matt Turner, for instance, has talked about it a lot. I think most players we've brought in, to be honest, and I know it might be, it might be a sort of, you know, all players say it when they come in because, you know, you can't say, oh, I'm not as good as that person, but you don't also want to say, oh, I'm better than that person, you know. So, or I, but I think we we have we have to stay focused on the players that we've got, whilst also thinking how can we improve and how can we develop. Because you know, players like Party, like you say, not just we haven't got anyone that can't that can do what he does, but he's getting on. You know, in mm. in central field terms and in the Premier League terms, he's getting on, and that's a reality. And there's a lot of players. Um, obviously, we're doing really well with the profile of player being a bit younger than we we're used to signing. But I think we just need to keep that up because you've got him, you've got El Neni, you've got Xhaka, three who I'd argue are sort of core players within the squad within that central midfield department who are have a, who are going to be moving on at some point within the next five years. You know, you, you'd, you'd assume probably before that for some of them, but. Um, but then you've got the front line who are young. You've got a back line who are young. You've got goalkeeping department who are young in terms of being goalkeepers. Um, so I think it's just always looking out for players, but they've got to be the right player when you bring them in, you know. But I do agree, and I was something I was very worried about at the beginning of the season was, um, and I mentioned it in the Discord server, mm. um, which you should join, by the way, uh, if you're watching. Uh, uh, well. <laughs> uh, and uh, and I was just worried that if Jesus got injured, like we've talked about, we'd only have Nketiah, and I really wanted us to sign another striker. And, you know, th- thank God Jesus hasn't gotten injured, but mm. there's still that chance, you know. You just never know when it's going to happen. Um, and 
know, it seems to be all, all fullbacks at the minute. So, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Gareth Southgate galore right now is uh, is, is things. Yeah, no, I think there's scope. I think January we will see reinforcement. I look forward to seeing what comes in because I think there is a need to to reinforce to to really push through our hope of finishing as high up the table. I'm not going to go any further than than saying those words, but finish as high up the table as as feasibly possible. That's going to be really key. Just before we go to predictions, uh, I did pick Granite Xhaka uh, as my star player in this game. I think we really missed him on Thursday. Uh, I think his absence was was felt. I liked what I saw from Lukonga specifically in the second half. I think he was actually quite harshly criticised by much of the fan base for his performance. I liked what he did in the second half. I thought he was really solid, actually. But I still think that what Xhaka provides is so paramount to what we do. And especially for our left-hand side, when we go up against Chelsea, you boys have all picked Martinelli for a very clear reason because of going up against Azpilicueta and they haven't got Reese James. I think that Xhaka, for the same reason, is important because he's still going to be the one feeding that left flank, getting into the box, working with Tierney, working with Martinelli. And I think that Tierney and Martinelli's relationship in particular has been something that's been a little bit of a struggle, actually, between the pair of them. I'm hoping that Xhaka can be the glue that gels those two together more successfully than we've seen before. Right, let's jump into the chat box then and go through some of your predictions as well. Uh, and then I'll get some from the boys. We'll start off with Greg, who says 3-1 to the Arsenal. Uh, uh, Joshua says uh, 2-1 Arsenal, Saka and Jesus to score, and Nav's going for 2-1. King, scoreline and scorers, please. Oh, I've thought about this so many times. I can't make up <laughs> my mind. But I'm going to go with a 2-1 Arsenal, and I'm going to go with Martinelli and Jesus. Lovely stuff. Steve's going for a 2-2 draw, uh, which is an unpopular opinion according to him, but it's not a disaster. Dan says 2-0 Arsenal, two Aubameyang own goals, and then a red card after a two-footed <laughs> lunge on Arteta. Uh, I, whilst I don't really want to see Arteta get injured, I kind of want to see that happen. Not going to lie. Uh, Squeezy Cakes, which might be one of my favourite names for YouTube users in the chat box, says 2-2. Yo-Yo says 5-2 Arsenal. Comeback win. Rancid Pumpkin says 3-1 Arsenal. Jesus Hattrick. I hope your pumpkin wasn't rancid the other day for Halloween, but it might be five days later. Uh, Chris, scoreline and scorers, please. So, I was going to follow King 2-1. Um, sort of had my mind changed a bit. I think... To, I, th I think we'll keep a clean sheet, you know. I think, I think, I think this is either going to be one nil or two nil. It just doesn't feel it doesn't feel it's going to be a big open game, um, and I think Ramsdale will be the key on this one. So let me go two one, um, and I think Odegaard and uh, Saka. Lovely stuff. Lovely stuff indeed. Uh, let's uh, go to in the chat box. Runs with cows. He says 2-0 Arsenal win. Uh, Jabu says we will win 4-2 again. SJ Chance says 3-0 Arsenal. Amira says 3-1 Arsenal. Jesus Martinelli in a Xhaka boom, uh, which we get, of course, is one of our uh, emojis in the chat box. Uh, Guna B says 2-0 Arsenal. Paul James says 3-1 Arsenal. DV says 2-1 to the Gunners. And Bashka says 2-0 as well. Alex, scoreline and scorers, please. Um, sorry. Uh, That's all right. 3-1. Three, 3-1 one, three, one Arsenal. I know it's a popular scoreline. Um, <laughs> I think Saliba will get one from a set piece. Um, I think Jesus will get one. I think Martinelli will get one. 
Lovely job. I've just realised that I was thinking of a prediction in my head, but I need to check what I said in the Arsenal Lounge WhatsApp group because that's where I put my predictions. Just for your clarity, Shaheen went for a 2-1 Chelsea win. Surprise, surprise. Um, I've gone for a 3-1 win uh, in my predictions. So I'm going to go for scorers of... Uh, Jesus to break his duck. Uh, it's not a duck, really. It's been eight games. He has scored before, but it feels like he needs to break a duck again with how long it's been since he last scored. Uh, Tierney to get on the score sheet again. Uh, and then, you know, just because of comedic factor, Cedric off the bench with a screamer. Uh, why are you laughing, Chris? It could happen. It could happen indeed. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, I really hope so. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, Paul James going for a 3-1 Arsenal, uh, says the optimist in me. Uh, Ray Beams also going for a Jesus hat-trick. DV says 2-1. Uh, Schrodinger's cap lap says 2-2. Nikolai says 2-1 uh, to the Arsenal. Jesus and Martinelli. Wesley's going for a 2-1. And Tulip says 4-2 to the Arsenal. I'll run through some more predictions whilst we round out the show. Oh, I should give a shout-out to 12A who joined us for his first live show today 3-1 Arsenal Jesus to score uh thank you a massive thank you to everybody that's tuned in and watched the show today and this morning and throughout of course uh the season so far we are getting very close to the World Cup which is good and bad you know it's good because it's it's a World Cup you know you can't be too annoyed about a World Cup but you know it's it's frustrating because there's a real amount of momentum about this Arsenal team and I'm just worried what might happen after six weeks off uh, and of course the content has been great and talking to everybody about Arsenal has been great and I hope we don't lose that over the six weeks. And I'm going to continue to bring content throughout that. We've still got a couple of weeks left, of course, before things happen. In fact, I think we have a week left as of tomorrow, potentially, uh, before all of the games are done before the World Cup starts. So not long left to enjoy the Arsenal. Please do show some massive love to my fantastic panellists for today's show. King, thank you for your time, my friend. Give your show a shout out and tell people where they can find you. Uh, thanks for having me on. It's always pleasure. a pleasure. Uh, it was a good uh, discussion and the chat has been fantastic as well. You can find me on King's Football Show. We are three away from 200 subs. So I would appreciate if you guys subscribe to the channel. Thank you so much, Tom. I'll make sure to leave the uh, link to that in the description as always. So you'll be able to find King's Football Show in the description for today's channel. So make sure you go and check that one out. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for your time, mate. Tell people where they can find you. Are you planning on starting your own YouTube channel anytime soon? It's on the no. cards. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy coming up here and talking a load of rubbish and going home again. <laughs> it's, too much like, it's, too much, it's too much like hard work running a channel, isn't it? But I, 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 I mean, yeah. massive, massive, massive <laughs> shout out to King for trying. I'm so pleased. I, th I will go and subscribe because I'm sure I'm not one of the 200, but I'll be doing that straight after here. Uh, you'll you just go. find you'll just find me on the um, upper tier on the North Bank, the bar by 103 entrance. You'll find me there before most home games, having a beer and talking a load of rubbish. Or you'll find me on the Discord server, putting up loads of old man jokes. Well, there you go. You can't beat old man jokes. They're just funny. Uh, it's worth doing that. I might have to make a create one, a separate channel for dad jokes in the chat. That might be necessary. Um, and finally, Alex, thank you for your time, mate. As always, always a pleasure. Tell people they can find you and what you're going to be up to. No worries. Pleasure as always. Um, I, uh, you can find me on the Discord server um, or if anyone's going to Lanzarote next Saturday, then... Oh, look at that! What's that about? <laughs> oh, if anyone's uh, going to Lanzarote, knowing none of us are, like... <laughs> no, uh, you've got to take a break. 
Um, no, or or if anyone ever wants to come to any AFC Bournemouth games or under twenty one games, then you can always try and contact me. Uh, I'm, I'm always around, always around down there. Um, Doing some working. good work analysing um, games there. So fantastic, yeah. Yeah, well, we hope so. Oh. <laughs> Indeed. Um, yeah. What are you going to do when Bournemouth come to the Emirates? Like, ah, <laughs> uh, it, it, it was a difficult one um, actually when the. When I watched the Arsenal game, when the, mm. when uh, we went to Bournemouth, went to the Vitality, um, but I was in the staff end, uh, and of course most of them were Arsenal support, uh, Bournemouth supporters. Mm. So I sort sitting of, on your hands, exactly <laughs> sitting on my hands. Couldn't celebrate too much, but when Jesus's goal get in, I did stand up intending to celebrate, and then just walk down <laughs> to walk down the stairs because I was like, I can't really celebrate now. So just... yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. I it's I have a very similar situation in the press box, trying not to to celebrate. I tell you what, I got so frustrated with the referee last night. I, in honesty, even I was I was shouting at, at points. Like I think the one right at the end when he gave the free kick for Gabriel's header, which was a perfectly fine. Header. There was nothing wrong with what Gabriel did, and for some reason he seemed to think it was. Oh yeah, even I was going. I think I was just like what, like shouted out of the press box. People turning around looking. I'm just going. Oh, yeah, it wasn't me. Uh, definitely was me. But uh, yeah, it's still something I'm learning and adjusting to. Uh, but uh, I am going to be watching the Chelsea game on Sunday from home, so I will be able to celebrate. Uh, I haven't been able to do that in a while, so I, I say I'm not going to be able to celebrate. That's of course if we score, which I'm very hopeful that we will. A massive thanks to King, Chris, and Alex for. coming coming on do drop a like on the video do show them some love in the comment section if you're watching on playback if you're watching this on all or listening rather on audio platforms do leave a five star rating and a review we really would appreciate it i will see you tomorrow morning uh what i also give a quick plug to is i've written a rather long piece uh this comes out tomorrow morning about six o'clock in the morning uh but it doesn't mean you have to watch it or read it then you can obviously wait till later when you're probably awake uh detailing and describing the entire story of abamyang's renewal at our all the way through to returning to the Premier League with Chelsea. Uh, lots of quotes, lots of really interesting parts of the story collated into one big article. So if you've ever gone searching for what Aubameyang or Arteta said about certain situations, it's probably in this article. So certainly worth a read tomorrow morning over on London. So you can go and check that one out. We will see you again very soon. Have a great evening. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates are out and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.